part five chapter one section one of of crime and punishment by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part five chapter one section one the morning that followed the fateful interview with dunya and her mother brought sobering influences to bear on pyotr petrovitch intensely unpleasant as it was he was forced little by little to accept as a fact beyond recall what had seemed to him only the day before fantastic and incredible the black snake of wounded vanity had been gnawing at his heart all night when he got out of bed pyotr petrovitch immediately looked in the looking-glass he was afraid that he had jaundice however his health seemed unimpaired so far and looking at his noble clear-skinned countenance which had grown fattish of late pyotr petrovitch for an instant was positively comforted in the conviction that he would find another bride and perhaps even a better one but coming back to the sense of his present position he turned aside and spat vigorously which excited a sarcastic smile in andrey semyonovitch lebeziatnikov the young friend with whom he was staying that smile pyotr petrovitch noticed and at once set it down against his young friend's account he had set down a good many points against him of late his anger was redoubled when he reflected that he ought not to have told andrey semyonovitch about the result of yesterday's interview that was the second mistake he had made in temper through impulsiveness and irritability moreover all that morning one unpleasantness followed another he even found a hitch awaiting him in his legal case in the senate he was particularly irritated by the owner of the flat which had been taken in view of his approaching marriage and was being redecorated at his own expense the owner a rich german tradesman would not entertain the idea of breaking the contract which had just been signed and insisted on the full forfeit money though pyotr petrovitch would be giving him back the flat practically redecorated in the same way the upholsterers refused to return a single rouble of the instalment paid for the furniture purchased but not yet removed to the flat am i to get married simply for the sake of the furniture pyotr petrovitch ground his teeth and at the same time once more he had a gleam of desperate hope can all that be really so irrevocably over is it no use to make another effort the thought of dunya sent a voluptuous pang through his heart he endured anguish at that moment and if it had been possible to slay raskolnikov instantly by wishing it pyotr petrovitch would promptly have uttered the wish it was my mistake too not to have given them money he thought as he returned dejectedly to lebeziatnikov's room and why on earth was i such a jew it was false economy i meant to keep them without a penny so that they should turn to me as their providence and look at them foo if i had spent some fifteen hundred roubles on them for the trousseau and presents on knick-knacks dressing-cases jewellery materials and all that sort of trash from knops in the english shop my position would have been better and stronger they could not have refused me so easily they are the sort of people that would feel bound to return money and presents if they broke it off and they would find it hard to do it and their conscience would prick them how can we dismiss a man who has hitherto been so generous and delicate hm, i've made a blunder and grinding his teeth again pyotr petrovitch called himself a fool but not aloud of course 
he returned home twice as irritated and angry as before the preparations for the funeral dinner at katerina ivanovna's excited his curiosity as he passed he had heard about it the day before he fancied indeed that he had been invited but absorbed in his own cares he had paid no attention inquiring of madame lepivexel who was busy laying the table while katerina ivanovna was away at the cemetery he heard that the entertainment was to be a great affair that all the lodgers had been invited among them some who had not known the dead man that even andrey semyonovitch lebeziatnikov was invited in spite of his previous quarrel with katerina ivanovna that he pyotr petrovitch was not only invited but was eagerly expected as he was the most important of the lodgers amalia ivanovna herself had been invited with great ceremony in spite of the recent unpleasantness and so she was very busy with preparations and was taking a positive pleasure in them she was moreover dressed up to the nines all in new black silk and she was proud of it all this suggested an idea to pyotr petrovitch and he went into his room or rather lebeziatnikov's somewhat thoughtful he had learnt that raskolnikov was to be one of the guests andrey semyonovitch had been at home all the morning the attitude of pyotr petrovitch to this gentleman was strange though perhaps natural pyotr petrovitch had despised and hated him from the day he came to stay with him and at the same time he seemed somewhat afraid of him he had not come to stay with him on his arrival in petersburg simply from parsimony though that had been perhaps his chief object he had heard of andrey semyonovitch who had once been his ward as a leading young progressive who was taking an important part in certain interesting circles the doings of which were a legend in the provinces it had impressed pyotr petrovitch these powerful omniscient circles who despised everyone and showed everyone up had long inspired in him a peculiar but quite vague alarm he had not of course been able to form even an approximate notion of what they meant he like everyone had heard that there were especially in petersburg progressives of some sort nihilists and so on and like many people he exaggerated and distorted the significance of those words to an absurd degree what for many years past he had feared more than anything was being shown up and this was the chief ground for his continual uneasiness at the thought of transferring his business to petersburg he was afraid of this as little children are sometimes panic-stricken some years before when he was just entering on his own career he had come upon two cases in which rather important personages in the province patrons of his had been cruelly shown up one instance had ended in great scandal for the person attacked and the other had very nearly ended in serious trouble for this reason pyotr petrovitch intended to go into the subject as soon as he reached petersburg and if necessary to anticipate contingencies by seeking the favour of our younger generation he relied on andrey semyonovitch for this and before his visit to raskolnikov he had succeeded in picking up some current phrases he soon discovered that andrey semyonovitch was a commonplace simpleton but that by no means reassured pyotr petrovitch even if he had been certain that all the progressives were fools like him it would not have allayed his uneasiness all the doctrines the ideas the systems with which andrey semyonovitch pestered him had no interest for him he had his own object he simply wanted to find out at once what was happening here had these people any power or not had he anything to fear from them would they expose any enterprise of his 
and what precisely was now the object of their attacks could he somehow make up to them and get round them if they really were powerful was this the thing to do or not couldn't he gain something through them in fact hundreds of questions presented themselves andrey semyonovitch was an anemic scrofulous little man with strangely flaxen mutton-chop whiskers of which he was very proud he was a clerk and had almost always something wrong with his eyes he was rather soft-hearted but self-confident and sometimes extremely conceited in speech which had an absurd effect incongruous with his little figure he was one of the lodgers most respected by amalia ivanovna for he did not get drunk and paid regularly for his lodgings andrey semyonovitch really was rather stupid he attached himself to the cause of progress and our younger generation from enthusiasm he was one of the numerous and varied legion of dullards of half animate abortions conceited half-educated coxcombs who attached themselves to the idea most in fashion only to vulgarize it and who caricature every cause they serve however sincerely though lebeziatnikov was so good-natured he too was beginning to dislike pyotr petrovitch this happened on both sides unconsciously however simple andrey semyonovitch might be he began to see that pyotr petrovitch was duping him and secretly despising him and that he was not the right sort of man he had tried expounding to him the system of fourier and the darwinian theory but of late pyotr petrovitch began to listen too sarcastically and even to be rude the fact was he had begun instinctively to guess that lebeziatnikov was not merely a commonplace simpleton but perhaps a liar too and that he had no connections of any consequence even in his own circle but had simply picked things up third-hand and that very likely he did not even know much about his own work of propaganda for he was in too great a muddle a fine person he would be to show anyone up it must be noted by the way that pyotr petrovitch had during those ten days eagerly accepted the strangest praise from andrey semyonovitch he had not protested for instance when andrey semyonovitch belauded him for being ready to contribute to the establishment of the new commune or to abstain from christening his future children or to acquiesce if dunya were to take a lover a month after marriage and so on pyotr petrovitch so enjoyed hearing his own praises that he did not disdain even such virtues when they were attributed to him pyotr petrovitch had had occasion that morning to realize some five per cent bonds and now he sat down to the table and counted over bundles of notes andrey semyonovitch who hardly ever had any money walked about the room pretending to himself to look at all those banknotes with indifference and even contempt nothing would have convinced pyotr petrovitch that andrey semyonovitch could really look on the money unmoved and the latter on his side kept thinking bitterly that pyotr petrovitch was capable of entertaining such an idea about him and was perhaps glad of the opportunity of teasing his young friend by reminding him of his inferiority and the great difference between them he found him incredibly inattentive and irritable though he andrey semyonovitch began enlarging on his favourite subject the foundation of a new special commune the brief remarks that dropped from pyotr petrovitch between the clicking of the beads on the reckoning frame betrayed unmistakable and discourteous irony but the humane andrey semyonovitch ascribed pyotr petrovitch's ill-humour to his recent breach with dunya and he was burning with impatience to discourse on that theme 
he had something progressive to say on the subject which might console his worthy friend and could not fail to promote his development there is some sort of festivity being prepared at that at the widow's isn't there pyotr petrovitch asked suddenly interrupting andrey semyonovitch at the most interesting passage why don't you know why i was telling you last night what i think about all such ceremonies and she invited you too i heard you were talking to her yesterday i should never have expected that beggarly fool would have spent on this feast all the money she got from that other fool raskolnikov i was surprised just now as i came through at the preparations there the wines several people are invited it's beyond everything continued pyotr petrovitch who seemed to have some object in pursuing the conversation what you say i am asked too when was that i don't remember but i shan't go why should i i only said a word to her in passing yesterday of the possibility of her obtaining a year's salary as a destitute widow of a government clerk i suppose she has invited me on that account hasn't she <laughs> i don't intend to go either said lebeziatnikov i should think not after giving her a thrashing you might well hesitate ha <laughs> ha who thrashed whom cried lebeziatnikov flustered and blushing why you thrashed katerina ivanovna a month ago i heard so yesterday so that's what your convictions amount to and the woman question too wasn't quite sound ha <laughs> ha and pyotr petrovitch as though comforted went back to clicking his beads it's all slander and nonsense cried lebeziatnikov who was always afraid of allusions to the subject it was not like that at all it was quite different you've heard it wrong it's a libel i was simply defending myself she rushed at me first with her nails she pulled out all my whiskers it's permissible for anyone i should hope to defend himself and i never allow anyone to use violence to me on principle for it's an act of despotism what was i to do i simply pushed her back <laughs> luzhin went on laughing maliciously you keep on like that because you are out of humour yourself but that's nonsense and it has nothing nothing whatever to do with the woman question you don't understand i used to think indeed that if women are equal to men in all respects even in strength as is maintained now there ought to be equality in that too of course i reflected afterwards that such a question ought not really to arise for there ought not to be fighting and in the future society fighting is unthinkable and that it would be a queer thing to seek for equality in fighting i am not so stupid though of course there is fighting there won't be later but at present there is oh confound it how muddled one gets with you it's not on that account that i am not going i am not going on principle not to take part in the revolting convention of memorial dinners that's why though of course one might go to laugh at it i'm sorry there won't be any priests at it i should certainly go if there were then you would sit down at another man's table and insult it and those who invited you eh certainly not insult but protest i should do it with a good object i might indirectly assist the cause of enlightenment and propaganda it's a duty of every man to work for enlightenment and propaganda and the more harshly perhaps the better i might drop a seed an idea and something might grow up from that seed how should i be insulting them they might be offended at first but afterwards they'd see i'd done them a service you know terebievna who is in the community now was blamed because when she left her family and devoted herself she wrote to her father and mother that she wouldn't go on living conventionally and was entering on a free marriage and it was said that that was too harsh 
that she might have spared them and have written more kindly i think that's all nonsense and there's no need of softness on the contrary what's wanted is protest varens had been married seven years she abandoned her two children she told her husband straight out in a letter i have realized that i cannot be happy with you i can never forgive you that you have deceived me by concealing from me that there is another organization of society by means of the communities i have only lately learned it from a great-hearted man to whom i have given myself and with whom i am establishing a community i speak plainly because i consider it dishonest to deceive you do as you think best do not hope to get me back you are too late i hope you will be happy that's how letters like that ought to be written is that terebievna the one you said had made a third free marriage no it's only the second really but what if it were the fourth what if it were the fifteenth that's all nonsense and if ever i regretted the death of my father and mother it is now and i sometimes think if my parents were living what a protest i would have aimed at them i would have done something on purpose i would have shown them i would have astonished them i am really sorry there is no one to surprise <laughs> well be that as you will pyotr petrovitch interrupted but tell me this do you know the dead man's daughter the delicate-looking little thing it's true what they say about her isn't it what of it i think that is it is my own personal conviction that this is the normal condition of women why not i mean distinguons in our present society is not altogether normal because it is compulsory but in the future society it will be perfectly normal because it will be voluntary even as it is she was quite right she was suffering and that was her asset so to speak her capital which she had a perfect right to dispose of of course in the future society there will be no need of assets but her part will have another significance rational and in harmony with her environment as to sofia semyonovna personally i regard her action as a vigorous protest against the organization of society and i respect her deeply for it i rejoice indeed when i look at her i was told that you got her turned out of these lodgings lebeziatnikov was enraged End of Part 5, Chapter 1, Section 1. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.